catch that. The door was not open. For the Lord. For the Lord will come and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the side post, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. I want to back back up just a second. I want you to hear that again. And I will not suffer the destroyer. Let me back up one little bit further. And on the lintel and upon the side post, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you shall come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that you shall keep this service. Now I believe that there's places that the Lord has promised in his word that he wants us to inherit. Now I want you to catch this about what he's saying here. And it shall come to pass when you shall come to the land which the Lord will give you. God's got a land of promise for you. And it's not the sweet by and by. It's the right here and now. There's things that he wants us to walk in. There's things that he wants us to possess. There's things that he wants us to occupy. There's things that he wants us to have according as he hath promised that ye shall keep his service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say to you, What mean ye by this servant? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of of the children of Israel in Egypt. When he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed their heads and worshiped and the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places and asked that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help me to lift up Jesus in this house today, that the heart of the Father would be revealed to us that our lives would be liberated and set free by the power of God. 
And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about, this could be a play with words, but it's not really a play with words. Obedience is faith, and faith is obedience. Catch it. Obedience is faith, and faith is obedience. Here, God had given a directive, a commandment to Moses for what to do for the children of Israel to be protected. There was an act of obedience, but this act of obedience was an act of faith. And it opened the door to a provision that the rest of the people in the land didn't have. Their obedience made something possible that could not happen any other way. When that destroyer passed through Egypt, if they hadn't acted in obedience by faith, they didn't understand it. This is the first time something like this had ever, had, had ever happened. But they acted in obedience and followed the command of their leadership that came through Moses. Moses' leadership came through God. And he listened and acted on that word from God and led the people here in an act of faith or an act of obedience. And when he did, supernatural provision took place. Now I'm going to recap this a little bit to help us paint us a picture of this here obedience and action. They were told to take every house a lamb. Kill the lamb at a certain time. Use the lamb as a the blood was for a certain part, but the body of the lamb was for another part. But it was all an act of obedience. And I want you to see this thing through an act of obedience of what, what they're doing. They're acting it out. They're doing what God says. And through doing what God says, there's a supernatural provision that always comes. Or God always steps in. They took, after they had killed the lamb, they drained the blood in a basin. They took hyssop, which is just an aromatic plant. It's got a pungent taste to it. But they dipped it in the in the basin, and it was almost like taking and making a paintbrush out of it. And they took this hyssop brush, and they paint this one side of the door, they paint the other side of the door, they paint the top of the door. All the way around is painted with this blood of this sacrifice, this lamb. Now I want us to go and I want us to look at something and to make a connection here because Jesus is called the Lamb of God and it said he's slain from the foundation of the world. It's not an afterthought with God what he's telling the people to do, but it's a type of Jesus. And we'll see this as, as, we, as we work our way through this. 
You know, in the, in the also in the um, in the Gospels, Jesus is also called the door. He says, "I am the door. No man comes to the Father but by me." So the door's important. The blood's important. Where the blood is placed is important. The obedience to the command that God gave Moses is important. The lamb's important. All of this is an act of obedience that made a supernatural provision for the children of Israel because that same night there was the most god-awful cry throughout all of Egypt because there wasn't a house that wasn't affected by what was taking place. It didn't matter if you were the king in the castle or the palace or you were the slave in the dungeon or anywhere in between. This affected your house because the firstborn, whether it be man or animal, it affected everybody. And if you can imagine how great populated place that, that Egypt was there, and that cry went from one end of the land to the other. And it affected everybody except for the children of Israel, and they were in Egypt also. But the reason that it didn't affect them because, was because of their act of faith or their act of obedience to what God had said. They took the lamb. We understand, I believe, the part about painting the door. I mean, painting the, the post of the door and the top and keeping the door closed with them on the inside. Let me paint a little different picture on the part of the door and keeping the door closed. I was uh, watching this man, man minister that was used so proficiently in the working of miracles. And he told about something that had happened to him in his own house. He said he lives in Florida the lagoons that are close to where his house is, and at Christmas time, it was it was warm, so he had opened up the door just to get some breeze in. And he looked over there around the Christmas tree area, and something was moving. And he got looking, and a war moccasin had came in the house. He got something and put over the snake and got, ended up getting the snake out of the house. And he said, Lord, what is this thing doing in my house? This ain't supposed to be. And Lord spoke to him and said, you need to keep your door shut. Rocket science, isn't it? Brothers and sisters, there's a spiritual side to this also. If we don't want things to come into our life that affect us, we should keep the doors closed to them. You keep the things on the outside that's supposed to be on the outside, but you keep the things on the inside that's supposed to be on the inside. And if you don't, we can't blame nobody but ourselves for what's just happened to us.
Now, he told them to stay on the inside and don't open that door until the morning. Because that act of obedience was part of the provision, the supernatural provision that God had made possible. Because God was going to do some things through the painting of the blood on the doorpost. But he was also going to do something by the eating of the flesh of that lamb while they were on the inside. Because they were getting ready to make an exodus out of Egypt. They had been in bondage for a long time. 430 years. And to the day that that 430 mark hit, they left out of Egypt. It didn't go a day over. Right then they made their exodus. But there had to be a supernatural provision for them to be able to do it. Now, I want you to take, take this. These people weren't people that were living in palaces. These people were living in just primitive houses. They were slaves. They were made to work like dogs every day of their life. And people that work hard are usually tired and wore out. And a lot of times if they're not if they're not taking care of themselves, their health a lot of times is not the best. They're faced with things in their body. But I want you to notice something that happened on the inside of that house a lot of times that we overlook it. We just think about the protection <coughs> from the uh, destroyer. But the supernatural provision that was taking place on the inside when they took that body of that lamb and partook of the flesh of it, there was a supernatural strength that entered into them that when they left, they left out of Egypt, the Bible says there was not a feeble one among them. Do you think there was probably feeble people before? Or are we of that mindset like I was talking to somebody I've shared this with you before and I said to this here older man I said you know he was getting older in years and I was a little bit younger and I said well Moses was a, the Bible says that Moses was just as strong when he was an old man as he was when he was when he was young he said yeah and he was in the Bible too and a lot of times we take that same approach and we think that it can happen to them but it can't happen to me and if I believe that it can't happen to me, I can pretty much assure you that it won't happen to you. But if you can dare to believe what he says, you can have your circumstances change in your life. So I believe that there were feeble people before they ate. But I believe they got supernatural strength after they ate. Just as they got supernatural protection from the destroyer, they got supernatural energizing to make that journey <coughs> that God was getting ready to take them on. In fact, there was also supernatural provision that came. You remember reading in scriptures where it says, and their shoes didn't even wear out. Forty years 
How about that, ladies? <laughs> Who wants to wear a 40-year-old pair of shoes? No, I want something new. They did not wear out. There was a supernatural provision that was upon the people because of their obedience. A lot of times we, we read things, but we don't really read it. It goes right on over our head. And then the next day, when they opened up that door, and the cry was so great in all of the land, what they had been waiting for to be liberated and set free was a reality in their life. And the people walked out of there, out of that land. And not only did they walk out of there with health in their body, protection from the destroyer, food in their stomach, but they walked out of there with the spoil of Egypt. And what that meant was the Egyptians gave them gold and silver and precious stones and clothing and things of that sort, things that we would value in this life. They gave them that. Take this and get up out of here because they looked at themselves as a dead people because of what had just taken place. And they were on their way to the promised land. Thank God for things that have happened to you in your life. The things that you have experienced in God so far. Your new birth. Your healings. Your deliverances. The goodness of God to your life. But I'm going to tell you something. You've not experienced all of it. And he's still got some more. He's got a table that's full of provision for us that he wants us to walk in. But just as it was for the children of Israel that they had to have this here, faith was obedience and obedience was faith so that they could receive from the hand of God. I want you to look at two other cases and I'm going to take these from the New Testament. I'm, I'm building a case this morning. Go to um, Mark 10. Mark, Mark 5. Excuse me. Mark 5. place in this passage of scripture is the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus's daughter. The daughter was 12 years old. The woman had had the issue of blood for 12 years. Both needed intervention by the power of God. 
And if it wasn't for the power of God, they would both be stuck in the place that they were at. The little girl would be dead, and the woman would be dead also. Because this here issue of blood, I think, had transpired to the place that it was almost like a stage four taking place in her life. She had spent all that she had, been all of the doctors, had gotten no better, but grew worse. But she said something, and she acted on her faith. Faith always moves. Faith does not stay dormant. Faith is not a thought. Faith is an action. It's put into action. It's put into play. And here, just as it was with the children of Israel, they said, they were told, paint the blood on the doorpost. Eat the lamb. Keep the door closed. All of these were commands. Now, How many times is it like this with us? If somebody says, keep the door closed, what's human nature want to do? If I don't throw the door open all the way, I just want to at least to see what's what. You know what that does? That opens the door to the enemy. That's just as disobedient as it is throwing the whole door open. It's keeping something under so that I can listen to what he has to say. Because my miracle is on the other side of the faith and obedience. Because faith is obedience and obedience is faith. Here the woman's in her house. Jesus is coming by. She hears the multitude of people. She says this within herself. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Then there was an act of faith. She moved from where she was to get to where Jesus was. She didn't just stay there and wait for Jesus to come to her. She went to Jesus. She pressed through the crowd and she got because she said this if I can just touch the hem of his clothes I don't have to touch him if I could just touch the hem of his clothes I'll be made whole and when she did and she touched the hem of his garment the Bible says that power, virtue, went out of Jesus and into her. Faith is obedience, and obedience is faith. This power flowed into her body. Jesus noticed that something had happened to him. Who's ever, who's ever touched an electric wire? Can you tell it when you, when you touch it? 
Is there any mistake in that you're touching? That you're touching? Yeah. Rick, you ever touch one heart? What's it feel like? <laughs> Not Jack. This woman came in contact with the power of God and she knew something happened in her and Jesus knew that something had happened to him because the virtue had went out of him but it went into her. And Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? And he looks around looking, looking for the one and he sees her. And he says some phenomenal words to her. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, is this just a Bible story? Or is this something that's recorded in the Bible that if we can take and get a hold of it, it has the same potential to work for us, the same ability to work for us, the same possibility of changing my life, same possibility of changing your life. Faith is obedience, and obedience is faith. Now, they were on a mission. They were on their way to somewhere when this happened. They were on the way to Jairus' house, which was the ruler of the synagogue. His daughter was bound at the point of death, 12 years old. And this woman is healed in the process. There's word that comes to from Jairus' house and says, don't trouble the master, your daughter has already died or passed away. And Jesus says something to him. Take a look while you're there in Mark 5. Verse number 36. And Jesus heard the word that was spoken and saith unto the ruler of the synagogue. One, two, three, four, five. Five words. Five words. One word from God can change the rest of your life. Here he says, five words but one of them is truly significant one of them is truly significant be not afraid only believe can you pick out the significant one in here believe only believe. He had the potential to unhook from what Jesus wanted to do. He could have done it. 
Jesus had already started on his way to his house. When Jairus left his house, he knew what condition his daughter was in. He didn't know what condition she was in right at that moment until those people came. But Jesus is still on the way to that house. And, he's, and he says something that's phenomenal here to him. Catch that word. Believe. Did you know that believing can stop fear? How many times are, when we are faced with circumstances and it may be alarming that we allow fear to rise up and blank out every word that we've heard about the things of God. All we can hear is the fear talking. You ain't going to make it. They ain't going to make it. And keep bombarding your head. And it, the, the thoughts coming to you. I was just reading uh, by some, behind somebody that said, these thoughts came to them like machine gun bullets. Just as fast as they could come. But here he says something to Jairus to arrest the fear. Did you know that fear has to be arrested? If you were going to arrest somebody, what would you do? You constrain them and bring them into custody. Curtis Lane, come help me. Curtis is the spirit of fear. And he's trying to assault me today. Wham! goes after he said that to Jairus. Fear not. Only believe. He's called in that arena that he can go either way. So he does, has to do something to his thoughts. The Bible says it like this. I take every thought captive. I bring it into the obedience of Christ. I don't let it live in my head and dominate me. I take authority over it. I can't do that. Let me say this. If you don't do it, it won't get done. You can do it because Jesus said to do it. And if Jesus said to do it, it can be done. He will never ask you to do something that you can't do. You won't do it in your own strength. But you'll do it, and once you start on that way, he'll take a hold of it together with you and strengthen you to be able to do what you couldn't do.
because there's something that he wants to happen. He wanted this girl to be raised from the dead more than Jairus, her own daddy, wanted her to be raised from the dead. But there was something that he needed from Jairus in order for this to happen. Stop the fear, only believe. And when he got to the house, he said, the girl's asleep. The Bible said that they laughed him to scorn. How do you laugh somebody to scorn? They thought that what Jesus had said was the most ridiculous thing that they had ever heard in their life. And they laughed at him and made a public mockery. And you know what he did? He put them out. And he, with just a very select few, went into that room. Now I'm going to let you change the plot. And he reaches over and he takes the girl and he speaks to her. And here she is. Put your camera aside, Alex. <laughs> and tells her, no, 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 no. <laughs> Arise. share this a little bit later on. I want to share it right now. R.W. Shambaugh, great tent preacher, used mightily with healing and miracles. Said he was preaching in Buffalo, New York. And he was invited to this man's home. He said when they were invited to the home, he said they had given, given the invitation and he said they had fasted all day because they were expecting to eat a mighty good meal. He said this man had turkey, dressing, prime rib, all of the fixings. The table was spread. They had been waiting for this all day. And the man says, they loaded up their plates and said, before you eat, I want to tell you something. And they said, you just don't want to tell a preacher that after he's been waiting all day for something to eat. <clears throat> he said, I had a good job. I worked for the government. My house was paid off. I had money in savings. I had money in a checking account. Everything was going good. I contracted spinal meningitis. He said, it ravaged my body. All of my money in the checking account, all of my retirement, all of my 
my savings, all of it was gone. I was in debt to doctor bills with what I was facing. He said, then I had, through all of this, I had, had gotten rheumatoid arthritis and the pain was so severe that I had gone into a coma. I was in such bad shape that they, I was, they had sent the Catholic priest into my room to perform the last rites. Anybody know what the last rites are? You're on the way out. He said, and this priest, when he was walking out the door, he said, another priest came and walked in the room through the wall. He didn't even use a door. And he, the man was laying down there in his unconscious, in, his, in that bed. And the priest walks over to him and he bends down and says to him, I'm Jesus. I'm here to heal you. You don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. He said, I want you to, I want you to get up and shave and I want you to get out of this place. First place I want you to go is to a bookstore and I want you to buy a Bible and turn to a certain passage book, book in the Bible and read it. And then he walks, then he goes out of the room. He said, power of God comes in. He gets up. He goes there to where the sink is and he shaves. The nurse comes in to check on him and says, you ain't supposed to be up. Like a ghost is there. He goes and gets that Bible. And he reads what the Lord told him to read so he could, so he could see how to get saved. And he said, Brother Shambach, he said, I got one question. He said, uh, why didn't he use the door? Now remember the Old Testament and the New Testament application. Old Testament, it said, keep the door shut. You keep things out when the door shut. You don't open it until I tell you to open it. Once they, there were things that were done inside that couldn't have been done with the door open. There were things that were on the outside that didn't need to come in while the door was open. Jesus said in the Gospels, he said, I am the door. I am the door. But this here, he said not, and he said, I stole this. I borrowed this phrase from that brother. That brother said, you don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. Can this be scriptural? I believe that it is. Let's take, go to Mark 11. And we'll 
finish up right here. This is something that can change your life. The life of the people who hear it and will believe it. Verse number 22, Mark 11. Tell me when you're there. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. You don't have any problem. All you need is faith in God. Faith in God in the following scripture says, Can move mountains. If you're, surround, if you're surrounded or there's a mountain in front of you, Faith in God can change. If it's a whole mountain range, faith in God can change it. It changed in the life of this man. Faith is obedience, and obedience is faith. Now, I want you to meditate, and I want you to think about these things today. And I want you to come back tonight with a heart that has an expectancy inside of it. That I'm going to receive. I'm, when, when I come in the house, I'm planning on receiving something from God tonight. Don't put your faith in a man. Don't put your faith in a preacher. You put your faith in God. The scripture didn't say, have faith in this man of God. It says, have faith in God. Expecting to receive. When you walk in, say, hey, I can see expectation on your face. I see expectation on your face. What does expectation look like? Show me. Show me. Let's look at it on each other. Short up again. following after you. I've got to have you. 
let these things just churn inside of us all day. That we come with that great expectation tonight. I'm going to receive in the house of God tonight. I'm going to receive from the hand of God tonight. Today is my day. Today is my day. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.